Welcome to Think Orphan, the podcast for orphan excellence. Real talk with real people navigating the global orphan crisis. Let's join your hosts, Phil Dark and Dr. Karen Hutchison. Hey guys, welcome to the Think Orphan podcast. This is Dr. Karen. Thanks for joining us today. Phil, who do we have on the show today? Today we have a great friend of mine, uh, Steve Gillis. He is uh, with, he's the executive director of Patch Our Planet. He founded it as well. He's going to tell us all about it on this, on this uh, interview, during this interview. Um, one of the things I want to point out is right now he's actually on the road on a tour that he's going to be talking about. So you should definitely check that out. If he's coming anywhere near you, I would reach out to him and um, connect with him to see how you can work with him to help your, you and your church just really do ministry for orphan and vulnerable children better because he's a guy that loves doing what he's doing and he's a guy with a lot of wisdom and experience to help you um, you know, just encourage you and hopefully give you some ideas to help you and your church just uh, flourish more in the ministry you're doing for these kids. So I love guys like this who are catalysts who aren't looking for the glory. He's not looking to make a name for himself. He's just really, truly seeking to help others um, to do their work better. And um, if you know anything about me, uh, you know that gets me excited and I hope it gets you excited as well. So you're going to hear more from him um, in this interview. But, uh, you know, I also want to encourage, as I, as I do often, you to uh, take the opportunity to go to uh, iTunes and rate and review this show. It helps us get it out there more um, for you when you're able to do that. I'd also want you to engage. Um, give, me a, give me an email. Give, uh, give me a Karen an email or with any questions you have. Just encourage us. If you have anything you want to talk about with us, any questions for any of our guests, shoot it all to us. You know, engage the conversation a little bit more. And uh, I'd love to get to know you a little bit better if you want to set up a call with me as well. Um, so without more, I'm going to let you listen to this uh, great interview with my friend, Steve Gillis. Well, Steve, I'm very excited to finally get you on the podcast. Well, I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you uh, putting me on. So folks out there, Steve and I have been able to grow a friendship over the last few years uh, through different uh, orphan summits and just really being able to, to kind of have a common heart for helping to connect people with the resources they need to be able to connect people with uh, really good teaching on how to engage the church into really loving the orphan and the vulnerable well. So Steve, can you just uh, share a bit with our audience uh, about yourself and how you got to be doing what you're doing today? Sure, sure, sure. I, I, um, I, I'd like to lead with I'm, I'm pastor first. I mean, that's my heart. I, I feel like I'm a more of a shepherd. And then the advocate part had kicked in uh, about eight years ago. Um, and so I've got a pretty unique background. Um, uh, when I when I got out of college, graduated college, I started traveling with a, um, a Christian band called New Song. And I was their road pastor for a while and also a representative with um one of the large orphan care organizations. And, you know, we sponsored a bunch of kids and, and did all that. And, and that was great. Um, and then from there, I got married and met my beautiful wife, Renee, and started um, on staff at a, at a church here in Florida, where I'm at now. Um, and I was a college and singles pastor for four years and did that and ended up moving to, to Argentina for four months through our, our missions work down there. We just developed a heart for that area. And my wife and I felt a call to live down there. And so we lived down there for about four months and came back for my sister's 
uh, wedding and just felt like the Lord was closing the doors to go back and um, ended up on staff at another church in Atlanta, actually, and was a college and singles pastor there for about seven years. And it was actually my home church where I, where I grew up. So that was that was a real blessing. And so that was uh, that was kind of 12 years worth of college and singles ministry, mission trips, all of that combined in the heart, the heartbeat of young singles in college and uh, work on social justice and orphan care. And many times I was I was uh, preaching that weekly. And the more I more I taught on it, the more I started to understand it and the more I started to understand how far away I was actually from that. And um, so I started investigating that. And I think that's part of the the call um, is that when the when the Lord called me to do this, I was coming at it from a pastoral perspective, really almost completely ignorant of the need, except that I knew that it was too big for me to handle. Um, and so in 2011, I approached my pastor there with with uh, what I felt like the Lord was calling me to do. And uh, his words to me were, Steve, this is perfect timing because we were at a what would you would call a mega church. And, and we weren't really sure how to navigate foster care or global orphan care. And we had seven church, seven teams running around the world. And our missions director said, Steve, I don't even know what they're doing. And so we were cranking out $25,000, $30,000 to get a team around the, around the globe and, uh, and really didn't know uh, how to measure anything. Right. So, you know, the benefit was kind of the teams. They got the pictures, you know, all that stuff. So, um so that's really where I came in and um, just felt the Lord calling me to uh, something that I was totally unfamiliar with and uh, went to my first uh, KFO conference in Kentucky about seven years ago, I think it was. And in every breakout session, I, I came out and just started writing and just kept writing and writing. And every session that I came out of, everyone was so excited about what they just heard, but they kept using the word but. They said, I, I love what I've learned. I can't wait to go home and share it with blank, but they don't understand. They're not as passionate. They don't get it. They don't have time for it. Whatever it was, it was always a but. And I remember thinking, that's me. I'm the guy they're talking about. Uh, here I was where, you know, a pastor on staff and we had no idea what to do. So we did. We had no track for for people to jump on inside of the church, except here's a team that's going this place. And that was about it. So there was really no internal track where all the staff knew this is how you get people involved in blank. Um, and so that's where I really felt like uh, I got my clear calling to really focus on um, training the church and and grabbing the heart of church leaders and orphan advocates and bringing them together under a corf, uh, custom orphan care strategy. And so basically all that 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 is is. Uh, is developing a custom orphan care strategy underneath the church's vision. Yep. So that that was a, a, a long answer to a short question. No, that's all right. <laughs> that's why uh, we asked the open-ended. We want to hear that because I think that it, it's, it's encouraging to me and it's encouraging that I know a lot of other people because I've talked to them about it, that we hear about the different paths to, you know, really this, this team that we have to... Uh, love the orphan and vulnerable around the world because that's what it's yeah. going to take. It's going to take a lot of people working together, being on the same page. And I, that's what I love about the work that you're doing. And it's, uh, you know, for those out there, it's called Patch Our Planet. And, and uh, you know, how, how'd you kind of come to the name and then give, give folks out there just a little 
snippet on what you're doing uh, with Patro Planet. I mean, you t- just generally told us what you're doing, but just a little bit more in depth, and then how people can find out more about it and connect with it. And one of the things I want you to talk about in there is the Patro Planet US tour that you're doing right now, and tell us your hopes for it and how people can get involved with it. Sure. Yeah, Patch Patro Planet. Yeah, we just kind of developed that from uh, what's the the permanent patch to the orphan crisis is the church. And so, uh, but oftentimes it's the least equipped. And so that's kind of how we set out on just to have a strategy of equipping the church. And, uh, and so that was from day one, that's, that's been the heartbeat and our mission is to equip the church. And to do that, there's, um, it's not just, it's not just press and play. It's not just put something in somebody's hands, but oftentimes they need a coach to walk them through it. And so we, that's one of the things that we offer. Um, when we first started, uh, one of the things I wanted to do was put together a a resource strategy, almost like a step by step plan. But you really those really don't exist because everything's different, as you know, in every community. And so I, I wanted to to grab all the principles that I could and put them together in in one curriculum. And so uh, I did that pretty early on in our in our beginning and developed a local curriculum and a global curriculum. And then we just made that available online so that any any church, any church could download it. Any church could um, could get a hold of it because I didn't want it to be just, um, you know, I, I didn't want to offer just uh, on-site training where you had to bring somebody in to walk alongside of you. I wanted it to be accessible to every every church in every place. And so that's kind of where we started with that. That's one of the things that we offer a curriculum. And honestly, I give away more, more copies than I do sell online. So it's more fun for me. And that's how we operate. Um, and so that's, that's where we started and then, um, just kind of cranked up the, uh, the coaching side of it, uh, where we'd just fly out to a church and walk alongside of them for a day or two and really help them, uh, listen to them first, pray through it, and then develop a strategy that's, that's tailored to their church, uh, first and foremost. And, uh, and I think that's the key and, and, I think I learned this on the other side of it, uh, on the pastoral side, that if you don't have a strategy where everybody understands it, where it's very clear and it's it's simplistic, not simplistic to where you can't accomplish a lot of things, but it's got to be under it has to be understandable. If that's a word uh, to everybody, um, staff and um, and church congregants. So that's kind of what we do. We pull them together and. And we walk through, and a lot of times, what that what that uh, requires is that you cut back on certain things um, in order to do other things well. And so that's what we do. I love strategy. I love getting in the mix with people and churches, and just diving into the weeds and just coming out and saying, you know, Lord, where do you want us to go? What's our part to play in our community, and what's our part to play globally uh, with our church, with our partners globally? And how do you want that to look? And so um, oftentimes it's, it's, it's not us just going in as Patch and, and saying, here's what we want you to do. Actually, it never is. Uh, we walk in and say, what are you doing currently? And we start there. And then we look at their mission and we look at their, um, what's their vision of their, their church as a whole. And then we build a custom strategy that fits underneath their vision because that brings ownership to church leaders, to pastors. It makes them feel comfortable that this is ours. You don't have to go out and start a nonprofit to do this, but it's the church's responsibility. And now we have momentum and people behind uh, a church orphan care strategy. And so 
that's where we that's where we're really gun for. Uh, and there's a there's so many different things to to dive into as far as what that looks like. Um, and, and I can do that if you like. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that you are the, the thing about it is, is what it looks like is as diverse as the churches you're going to. Right. I mean, I think the mm-hmm. number of different strategies is counted on the number of different churches. Right. Cause that, and that's that's part of the. The challenge you have, but it's also part of the, uh, you know, why it's important for you to not just say, here's the 10 steps to the next or to the great orphan care ministry, because <laughs> there's no such thing, right? That's and right. I mean, I think that there, right. you have different people, you have different strengths, you have different issues going on in a particular community, different hearts in the church that they might be more globally minded than some other churches, just like individuals have different passions. Churches have different passions and heartbeats. And so that's one of the things I love about what you're doing is you're able to actually go in and and study who they are and then to be able to coach them. And like, yeah, that's what I love talking about, coaching, not teaching, not equipping. I mean, you are doing all those things, but the the heart of a coach is to take the gifts and talents of a player and make him the best or her the best they can be, right? And I think that that, in the context of this, every church is called to be part of this and to love the orphan and to, to visit the orphan and widow in their affliction, but that will look different with every church. So part of that is, you know, kind of, I talked about it before, but the, you're doing a U.S. tour right now. Um, That's right. Kind of, what, what is that tour? You know, you're not going and singing every night somewhere. Well, maybe you are, but I doubt that that's part of it. <laughs> Definitely um, not. <laughs> but what are your hopes for it? And, uh, you know, how can our audience uh, right now, those in the U.S., obviously, how can they get involved with it if, if they can... You know, look, when, when are you going, first of all, because we're not exactly sure when this will actually air to make sure right. that, uh, you know, they know where you are in the different thing. And how can they find out more about it, where you're going to be um, and, and kind of what are you looking to do through it? Yeah, we're going uh, August through November of 2018. And what we're doing is we're, we're in southwest Florida. So we're shooting sh- straight up the U.S. all the way up to Michigan. So we'll be passing through Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee and Ohio up on our way up to Michigan. And then we're heading out west. Um, like through Iowa, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, Utah, Colorado. And then uh, we'll head back through the Southwest or like Texas, Louisiana, all that. There's a map on our on our website. You can get uh, click on the fr- front page of patchourplanet.org and there's a banner on the bottom. And then just click on the tour banner. And it'll take you to the page and it'll help you follow us. Um, we'll be doing updates and that kind of thing. But what this is, is it's kind of the next step for us. Um you know, the, the curriculum was a first, a great first step. The coaching was another great part of uh, being able to offer that to churches. And by the way, we don't charge. We never charge uh, once we accept a call, when someone calls and we, we can hear their heart and how they want to get started. And uh, we just go and we trust the church with the rest. We trust the church uh, with the rest of that. And so that's the pastoral side of me and uh, wishing that that nonprofits would serve the church and not vice versa. You know, so we're not, it's, we don't want to be self, self-preserving or, um, you know, we're not in it to just help ourselves exist for another year. Um, the, the Lord started this ministry and it's his to provide. And so we've always trusted him with that. And by the way, he's always, he's always provided. So uh, we go when we, when we feel like, uh, it's a yes for us to go and serve alongside of a church. It's just a yes. There's no, so that, that's how we, that's how we operate. So this tour was kind of the next step for us to be able to offer 
the in in the easy most easily accessible way a custom orphan care strategy and what we're doing is we're doing it with multiple churches at a time now so that makes it even more complicated right so first you walk in and say we're gonna do a custom orphan care strategy for one church well now we're gonna do it for multiple churches but the more you drill down and the more the more you do this and and we started out with um, the mega church and so we worked alongside of mega churches to to start this as we started back in 2011. And then we started working with more medium-sized churches. And five years ago, we moved down to Florida to help take care of my wife's parents who both had stage four cancer. Uh, And so we learned from our area here that there was many more smaller churches. So these are pastors that are just looking to hire a music guy or a youth pastor. So there's different dynamics for the different sized churches, which has been great experience for us and so now what we're doing with this tour is looking to um, to teach custom orphan care strategy principles for multiple churches at a time through these regional events. So we're, we're going to be out for three months. So we can't be at every church, but we can be at that one host church who's willing to uh, invite other churches in the community to come be a part of this free event is what that is. So we're really we're looking for a couple host churches in each state. And you can see the map um on our website there where we're going to be. Um, and so we're looking for just a couple, a couple, two or three, uh, in each state, maybe more. Um, we'll see how much time we have because we're going to be in certain areas at certain times, but we're going to walk, we're going to walk through each church, whether they send a staff member or their, their lead advocate, orphan advocate to these meetings. We're going to walk them through how to develop a custom orphan care strategy in your church. And we have a very, very specific track to be able to walk them through. It's basically the same thing that I do when I go in and coach a church. Uh, and then we've got a nice little notebook that they're going to they're gonna have. They'll be able to fill out as we're talking about it. We'll do rapid fire question and answer so that we can even drill down a little bit further in their church. And then ultimately, um, we're going to we'll be a, a lifelong coach resource for them. So that's what they get when they come to these, uh, these trainings. And by the way, the, the host church, we give them the marketing materials to be able to send out like an event uh, invitation to their churches and that kind of thing. So we, we try to make it so easy and so accessible that no church has any excuse. So you can download, download the curriculum. You can, uh, you can bring in a, a coach that doesn't charge. You can, uh, now we're coming to your community and uh, we just need to set up a time. So we're just trying to eliminate all the barriers best we can because we, we love to serve the church, and especially with the heartbeat of the orphan. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm uh, encouraged by it. The only thing, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily encouraged by and I'm trying not to be offended is you said you're coming out west. But as a California <laughs> boy, born and raised and now living here, you know, you stopped very, very Far from the West, actually, but you know that's okay because I'm used to it since I went to school out in Tennessee. So I remember. Hey, my kids are giving it to me too. (laughs) (laughs) Saying, "Why aren't we going to California?" California alone is three months, so we we may have to make that next season. Well, I learned when I was talking to some people that were backpacking the U.S. when I met them in Atlanta, and they said, "I said you're going to California." They said, "Actually, that's a completely separate trip." So, you know, I think that that uh, you know maybe that's a backhanded compliment that you didn't uh, talk about us because it's a different you know it's a whole different world out here. Thanks for noticing. So I think that our friends in Washington and Oregon are probably feeling a similar uh, you know 
inferiority complex, maybe I know. something. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what we have. Maybe we have such great weather that people are jealous so they don't come out or something. I don't know. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> There's something. There's something there. I don't know. I don't want to read into it too much. So anyway, um, for those of you that listen, you know, sometimes we go off the rails a little bit. So that was one of those examples, but that's okay. That's um, it fun. keeps it real. Exactly. That's where <laughs> we hopefully will bring some comic relief to the situation. For those of you around the world that don't know what we're talking about, you know, you can look at a map and, and see that uh, this really, Steve is going to central United States is where they're really going to. And uh, they'll come out to the, the promised land of the U.S. here pretty soon. So we'll see. That's right. Um, that's right. Anyway. All right. Well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on. No, I'm excited. I'm so excited for all that, bringing it back. Like, I... I get so excited for, you know, people like you, and that's why I love doing what I do, because there are many people like you who just have a heart for sharing the information that, that uh, we know people need to, to be better and to do this with more excellence and for churches to, to not use the excuse that I don't know how to do it, um, because this is a call for all of us um, to, to love the orphan and the widow, to, to, you know, plead the widow's cause, to bring justice to the fatherless. What does that look like? And that you're saying, you know, look, let's help each other figure that out. So, and yeah. with that, you know, I know you're learning a ton too. So you're continually learning um, with our conversation. I know from the foster and adoptive parents, you get to meet um, in the churches that you're, you're working with and, and with the pastors in those churches, you know. So I'd like to just kind of hear some of the lessons you've learned from you know, start with the adoptive parents and foster parents and then kind of talk a little bit about the pastors as well and just what have you learned from them as you're training them? What are they teaching you? Yeah, I mean, that's that, my meeting with the foster and adoptive parents is probably my favorite one. And I mean, I'm a strategy guy, but I love to hear hear their heartbeat. Um, and so I, I typically when I go in to, to coach, train a church for a day or two, my first meeting is always usually in the evening with foster parents and adoptive parents. And then um, the next morning I'll meet with a pastor or staff member to let them know what we're doing. And and then we start putting it together, start putting together the uh, the path for the, the church for the church. And so in these uh, foster and adoptive parent meetings. Most of the time we'll get in there and, and some of them will look at each other and, and say, wow, I didn't even know you were doing that. I didn't know you were fostering. And they, they'd seen each other in the churches, uh, in the church, but they didn't even know that each other was fostering or had adopted. It's really strange because you think they have their own built-in community. And, and a lot of times they do, but many times um, they're just they're just kind of hiding hiding. You know, th these are the people that don't ask for anything, mm -hmm. as you know. Yep. They, they won't they won't ask for anything. If you ask them how they're doing, they say, oh, we're good. Mm -hmm. But see, I, I already know that going into this meeting. So I want to make sure that they are capital G good by the time that I leave, mm -hmm. that they're that they feel supported. They feel like they're heard, like that they know about all the, the trauma informed resources. I mean, that they have the mother load of all resources at their disposal and that their church is caring for them because they are not going to raise their voices and say, someone care, care for me. Someone bring me a meal. Somebody cut my grass. Who's going to do that? They are certainly not because they're frontliners. And so when I get together with them, a lot of it is, like you said, to learn from them and, and to be able to take that and take that to the next place and to the next place and to the next place. And so um, I hear a, a lot of different things from them, but there's uh, kind of the the common thread is um, is usually just a lack of support, and it's hard to pull it out of them. 
And I don't do that intentionally to make the church look bad, but we do that in a very positive way to, uh, to, to bring out the truth. Because if you can't find the truth in something, you can't provide a solution. If you can't see the need, you can't provide a solution. And so that's all I'm working for is to hear where they're at and how they feel supported and what are some of the highs and some of the lows. And from that, you can pull all that great information and take that into the meeting the next day with the pastor or staff member, whoever's kind of overseeing the, uh, the, the orphan care ministry and just talk through with them about uh, some of the things that, that I heard last night, which are so cool and share some of those. And they love hearing them. These guys, uh, they, they love being able to hear those stories. So um, that's uh, that meeting. And then when I do meet with the pastors in the morning, um, it's great because they're always ready to, to engage and to help it. But as you know, and as I know, um, they have, they have 20,000 things to plan for, you know, there's different programs and, and for us to come in and say, Hey, we want orphan care to be the, the banner ministry in this church right now. You know, it's kind right. of what they're expecting. And instead we go in with a servant's heart saying, Hey, look, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm a pastor of a pastor's heart, 12 years on staff at a church. I understand the inner workings of a church just like you do. And I, I want to make it easier on you, not harder. So let's put together a real strong plan that has some some very uh, attainable goals and something that plays off the strength of your church and not just creates more busy work for people. But let's get people in their areas of strengths and let's maybe cut back on some things that that have just gone astray. And uh, and they love that. They they love to hear that. And so I like to say it's just a hyper focus on orphan care. So everybody is getting this hyper focus when I'm, when I'm there and doing the training and the pastors are usually, um, almost a hundred percent of the time are basically just like, go for it. You know, but I, what I tell them is when we produce a custom orphan care strategy, that is coming right back to your desk for you to sign off on nothing that we're going to do, uh, later on in these next three to eight hours of putting this thing together uh, nothing's going to nothing's going to go forward without the approval of church leadership. And so that makes them feel good. It makes the whole it makes the advocates feel good. And it just brings everybody together, aligning them under one vision and pointing them all in the same direction with things that they can actually accomplish. And then to have some big goals down the road that, that they feel like they can chase this vision. If, if one day it grows and God grows it, then maybe we can do blank. And so these pastors are always, they're always uh, ready to help. But let me, let me slide this in really quick. One of the, there's one of the greatest keys that anybody listening could do is to help your pastor not feel guilty. If you can do that, you will get support like you've never seen before. And, and let me explain that real quick. Many pastors never fostered, never adopted, maybe have never even been in, in an orphanage. Um, or met a child in foster care. Uh, you know what? That, everybody has a different road. And so what we have to do, the, your your best approach is to to say, we're so glad that the pastor has been called to share the gospel because that's his calling. And, and we need to let, let that calling be unleashed, guilt-free. And you do that by supporting their calling. And, and so um, when you do that, you produce harmony in orphan advocates and church leaders. And, and what you're doing is because a lot of times a pastor can feel hypocritical for leading something that uh, is not in their wheelhouse and something that they've never done. 
And so to stand up and, and share a six week series on orphan care, when you've never fostered, never adopted, never been to an orphanage, Mm -hmm. it makes you feel like a hypocrite. So if you could just take time as an advocate to take a deep breath and put yourself in their shoes, then you will get so much more accomplished. Your job as an advocate is to educate and is to advocate and to bring those things to them, to your church leadership, but to do it with grace and to do it with a slower pace, even though, um, that fire burning inside of you says, we have to do this right now. Well, you want your church involved in that. And so you just have to just be, be careful to approach everything with grace and truth, not just truth. A lot of people like to bring the truth part and leave the grace part out. Right. Um, so no, that's great stuff. And and that's stuff that we've been actually talking about the last few weeks, you know, really you hit so many of those things that the idea of, um, you know, the foster parents and the adopted parents. In fact, I was just talking with someone this morning about that. There was a, I was telling this men's group about, you know, with foster and adoptive parents, most of them are the people exactly like you just said. They're never going to ask for anything. They're going to give everything away and they're never going to ask for anything. And so to be very intentional about, you know, show up at their house and ask them how you can help, you know, but as foster and adoptive parents ask too, you know, people want to help. People are out there wanting to help. And, and so, yep. you know, to just do that, and this guy was telling me, he goes, yeah, we, had, we adopted this, this child and, and we found out that, that he was type 1 diabetic and we have mm-hmm. no idea what to do. And I'm like, well, I bet there's some other people in your church that have a child right. or themselves are type 1 diabetic and they can walk you through it and they can help you, you know, and it's not easy and it's not going to be an easy road. But you know what? There's other people that are there that I bet they would help and they'd love to help. And so, you know, to be very clear about that and to ask and, mm-hmm. and also to to remember as you, you know, kind of you alluded to pastors are people too, right? You know, and you don't go to other people and say, Hey, do this, do this, do this. Or maybe you do. And that's not the best strategy though, is to, if you do it out of duty, that's not the best way. It's to, to start right. slow and to say, Hey, maybe you can be that, you know, person as, as we talk about that can go maybe mow someone's lawn or go help someone out in some small way and then get introduced into orphan care that way. And yeah. to see, you know, and then God will grow your heart because it's his heart. And, and we are image bearers. And so how can we introduce people, including pastors, into this in, in a way that, you know, both you and I, I don't think any of us, I mean, maybe you were when you were, you know, 10 years old thinking about you were going to, you're going to do someday. You know, I know I sure as heck wasn't thinking this is what I was going to do. And I imagine it's not what you were, but God captured our heart because it's his heart, right? That's right. And so, and that's what, you know, we get excited about is to think about how we can, you know, be a small part of it. And I think, you know, I imagine people out there uh, are listening and know about Jason Johnson and go, well, he doesn't need doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. And you got, and there's so much need for this, right? And That's right. You know, and you know, you guys are- We need a hundred more right? of him. Exactly. And you and other people like that. And, you know, let's talk about around the world, like we need to do, we need people doing the same things, but we need people doing the same things on the same team and seeing That's each right. other as teammates and brothers and sisters and- and doing awesome work together because this is a massive, massive issue. We need churches. There's so many churches that are just kind of either working parallel or not doing anything, yep. um, working in silos. And, and not to condemn the church, it's just there's a lot of work to work together. It's a lot of work to find what you're called to do and created to do. And people like you, people like Jason, you know, you're both great friends. And and uh, and I just love what you guys are doing. And I just want to encourage people to not see it as, oh, well, you know, they're doing the same thing to, to not assume that people aren't working together, but in fact, to say, 
wow, I, I'm glad they're working together. I'm just going to assume that they are and to, to ask people about those things. Anyway, I just want yes. to say that because yes. I know that both of our heart is collaboration and working together. And, and this is, you know, if there's one thing that people know that listen to the show, it's that I'm a pretty big fan of collaboration and teamwork. So um, yeah. I know you're on the same page too. The, it has to be, man. Life is way too short and we're talking about orphan care in the church. So, I mean, it has to be. And, and it's way more fun. Yep. It's way more fun. Absolutely. That's what I always say. It's way more fun to play on a team. Um, yeah. All right, brother. Hey, you know, this always goes so fast, but we are coming to a close here. The last couple of questions I got for you, we ask everybody, uh, what have you read, watched, or listened to lately that has impacted your thinking on how we can love orphaned and vulnerable children? Well, you know, um, actually, Jason Johnson's book. <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned, folks. That's right. No, he, uh, he gave it to me. Um, and I'm telling you, anything that he writes, yeah, read it, is fantastic. <laughs> and and you, we talk about um, kingdom, kingdom relationships. He and I have, have had uh, a great one. And um, he just he just wrote a book called Everyone Can Do Something. And you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And um, I I call him he's he's like the orphan care Yoda for me. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, and he's the guy I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. But he's he's just uh, he can say things that I've thought, but I can't put them into words. And he right. he can write them and, and that kind of thing. But he he wrote a, a book called Everyone Can Do Something. And it is just right up the wheelhouse for people that need help. I mean, good grief. It, it's a uh, it's a field guide for uh, for a strategy. And and really not just when you say orphan care in a church, you're sometimes you eliminate 90% of the church that could hear you if you could explain what you mean by orphan care. Because most people think foster care and adoption. But if you really give people a strategy, you're including 100% of the church and uh, making it part of the DNA of the church. And just instead of just a side program for the most passionate to run. Um, So that is uh, probably the the most influential thing that I've read because he threw it at me at the CAFO conference and he, um, so I had to read it, you know, but Absolutely. Um, it's it's the best thing out there I think, um, and there's there's plenty of other things like that Phil Dark book is great, um, but but yeah Jason's was the the one I read the latest um, and the person I would say the person who's most impacted me would be a um, uh, a little girl in Ukraine that I never saw. And I sat across um, the administrators of a uh, government-run orphanage that was just, as you would imagine, um, the light bulb in the hallway and just the real the real dark areas and stuff. And had, they had hundreds of kids. A lot of them had special needs, and I have a special needs son as well. So um, um, this this little girl would not come down. We, are, we had a church partner that was we were working with, and this was about five years ago. Um, and she wouldn't come down and we found out the reason why was because she was being abused and many of the kids are being abused in the bathrooms by the very people that we were meeting with at that moment, some of the administrators, and there was absolutely nothing that I could do. So I was sitting on the other side, uh, talking to them and explaining why, why we're there to help support the local church and all this stuff. They didn't understand that by the way. Um, and there was nothing that I could do. And so I, as we left that area and left that orphanage, I, that, that person, that little girl has never, never left the back of my mind and in my heart because I realized that the only way that we could get her help was to get churches in that area to get, uh, to, have, to give them the resources and get them excited and understanding 
what it means to chase God's heart in this area. And unfortunately for, for us, that, that country, Ukraine, has done a pretty amazing job at turning around the, the tide there. And so I'm hopeful that, that that'll change. But that the impact of, um, of that moment keeps a fire in my bones and um, keeps me really plugging ahead. And plus, I mentioned my son, who was, he was born with a cleft palate and something called Pierre-Robin syndrome. And um, so he he's another one that keeps me going because uh, as soon as I stepped out by faith just to, to start a by faith ministry, uh, he was born and we, we put Patrick Planet on the shelf for a year. I forgot to mention that earlier, but um, we just to take care of him. And he's doing amazing now. He's seven. He'll be eight when we're on our tour and um, just doing doing incredible. But um, a, a rough start. And, and the Lord knew that. Uh, he was going to put a, a, a child in need right in the midst of uh, our family as soon as we started. And, and we learned a lot. And, man, we're, we're grateful for the journey. Wouldn't change a, a bit of it. Well, fantastic, man. Hey, I know I'm encouraged by this. I'm sure that our, our listeners are as well. Um, thank you so much for your doing. Thank you for your life. Thank you for uh, this tour that you're doing. And, and I imagine that this will be aired and will obviously you'll know it's aired when it's aired. But uh, imagine it'll be right at the beginning or, or a little bit into your tour. So folks, check out that, check out the website, find out where he's at. If he's coming to your area, reach out and see if you can be a part of it because uh, I have no doubt that you'll be the better for it. And I know that Steve will be able to learn from you as well. So thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Appreciate all you do. Thank you, Phil. Great to be with you, man. Appreciate all you do. Thanks again, Steve, for sharing your wisdom with us, for sharing what's going on with your tour of the U.S. um, and really where your heart is um, to help people. You know, the one thing that I just want to reiterate that um, last week we talked about Louisville. This time we're going to talk about my home state of California. I just want to remind people in the U.S. especially. I've got to interrupt you, Phil. Yeah. What what city did you just say? What's that? What's the city where I live? What's it called? Louisville. What? Say it one more time. Louisville. <laughs> right? Isn't that what it is? Louisville? You got to say it. Louisville. 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 You're saying Louisville. Louisville. You're saying oh, I thought it was Louisville. Louisville. Got to okay. have a well, lower. Anyway, All right. for those of you outside the U.S., you have no idea what we're talking about right now, and you didn't during the interview either, <laughs> but I'm just going to reiterate, West is California and Oregon and Washington, and even if you want to go further, Hawaii Alaska, those are West, but Colorado, that's central. If you look at a map, it's central. So, you know, it's just something I just want to, you know, geography lesson, it's bonus coverage. I want to reiterate it twice because I've heard it so many times um, in my travels. And, you know, when I was in law school in Nashville, and it's not Nashville, it's Nashville (laughs) from what I understand. Um, And so... Uh, you know, everyone's like, yeah, we're going out west. We're going to Oklahoma. I'm like, that's not how, come on, come on, man. I'm like, where are you going? You're not going out, out west. west. But anyway, in Texas. Out that west. really has nothing to do with this great interview. But I just wanted to, you know, I, we're kind of keeping it real. It's something, you know, I know often the, the humor doesn't get out there. But it, this is something I'm half joking about, you know. This is trying to keep it, keep it honest here. So anyway, Karen. You know, that totally could have thrown you, but I know it doesn't because you know me well enough. I so do. tell me what really stuck out, stuck out or stuck out, either way, stuck out or stuck out you West Coast to you people. 
You know, we just have weird ways of saying things. So uh, what stuck out to you about my good friend uh, Steve and what he was sharing? Yeah, sounds like a really nice guy, really awesome guy. I look forward to potentially getting to meet him maybe this year um, in Louisville. I know he speaks at CAFO a lot, and the CAFO conference is going to be here in Louisville, Kentucky this year. I'm just totally hyping CAFO um, these episodes. And Louisville. And Louisville, that's right. All right, so. no, for real. Um, I I really thought um, what a what a neat connection and combination that he has. Um, one of the things that I find in the work that I do that makes it so helpful in my business and also um, just being a clinician. So I work with so many families who've grown through foster care and adoption and being an adoptive mom. Sometimes people, um, that's all I really have to say. Like, that's not all I have to say, but people usually feel a little bit more comfortable and may actually be a little bit more willing to listen to me when I help them to see and hear that that I'm an adoptive mom too. And so in hearing Steve and and hearing his heart for ministry and and that he was called to be a pastor and that's how he actually identifies himself as a pastor. He's he's, he's a pastor, but he's also an advocate and how I could just really um, imagine him being able to connect so much with pastors um, and saying, hey man, I get it, I get it. I'm not trying to add one more thing to your plate. And you know, my husband was in ministry for about 15 years and we are always usually at smaller churches. And so I can see where being able to connect, um, with a pastor, especially at a small, medium sized church of just a pastor hearing like, Oh, this is one more thing I'm going to have to do. Where am I going to fit this in? I've got so many things to do. It's one more committee. Um, so yeah, very long answer, Phil, but just his ability to connect, um, as a pastor and to be able to really help pastors see the importance of having a ministry in their church that's custom fit. Yeah, I, I love that too. Just he absolutely has a pastor's heart through and through. And, you know, I've known him. I met him, you know, as I think we talked about on the during the interview um, back at Willow Creek Church when, uh, when the Orphan Summit was there. And uh, we just met and we immediately just were kindred spirits, just being able to want to help people. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just words he's speaking. It's his heart. It's who he is. It's who he's going to be. And, you know, I love that they, you know, just go around and if, if you're, if you have a need and, and they can fill it, they come and do it. You know, it's not a, and, and they're able to be funded to be able to do that, which is a huge uh, blessing. And to be able to go around this, this summer with his family, to be able to do it. Actually, it's actually this fall. So he's, he's in fact on the road, uh, as this, as we're recording this, as it will be airing, as you're listening to this, Steve hopefully is listening to this while he's driving across, across the, the great United States. So, um, anyway, um, yeah. What, what, what else kind of, kind of stuck out as you were, as you were listening? Yeah, I think it was towards the end of y'all's interview. He had a, a great, um, couple of, sentences or a couple of just points related to, um, helping get, helping to get a church involved. Right. So a lot of times what, what truly happens, and it's a wonderful, beautiful, amazing thing. When families kind of get on board with foster care and adoption, we get hype. Like we get so, so, so excited and we want everyone else to be as excited as we are. And sometimes it can feel a little bit confusing Um, when maybe 
friends or family or church members or church leaders aren't as excited as maybe we are as Mm -hmm. uh, foster parents or adoptive parents or parents in the process of adopting. And so I think um, it was very wise and the way he said it was so great. Um, He said to speak grace and truth, not just truth and, and saying to slow down to have a slower pace in our intensity with which we're wanting to get orphan care ministries involved in our church. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing that we're wanting, but of taking a big, deep breath, slow it down and making sure that we're not just speaking truth related to orphan care and what the church should and needs to be doing, but that we're also um, having just a whole bunch of grace wrapped up in that too. Yeah. You know, it's something that I think we often struggle with, which is not rushing things and not, you know, when we're excited about something, just do it, you know, but to be able to, you know, listen, to take that time to do it, make sure we're doing it right, to seek the guidance, to seek the mentoring. You know, we talked about that last week too, right? right? The mentoring, right? And to be able to, when you don't have the experience, when you don't have the the training to be able to seek that out and find people to be able to do that, you know, and that's really, really hard to do when you're in the midst of something you're really excited about and you want to get it going. You want everyone else to understand it. Um, Jason Johnson and I, you know, had a conversation as well. We're going to air that in a few weeks. And, you know, uh, Steve talked about Jason and their friendship and I love that too. Um, that they're, they, you know, a lot of people could say, oh, you guys are competitors. You're trying to help churches be better. You're competing <laughs> to find the church. It's like, <laughs> how ridiculous is that? But it happens all the time. And so um, I love that they are friends and they bounce ideas off of each other and they help each other and they've both written curricula and, and are, are working together to see how they can, you know, really help churches to understand these things better. And, uh, you know, so with, with that, unless you have something else to add, we're going to go on to the Phil and Dr. Karen recommends. Yeah, let's roll on into those recommendations. Um, I can't wait to hear I what almost you said have. Dr. Phil and Karen recommend, yeah, but, but you uh, you know, which would be true. That is very true. Um, however, I never refer to myself as doctor cause that would be pretty weird to do as a lawyer. But technically if you want to call me Dr. Phil, you can. You can, and I will probably not respond because I'll think you're talking to somebody else, but you can still call me that. So anyway, I, I apparently, you know, I don't know what got into me today. So, you know, I apologize for those of you who listen to the podcast and are like, I'm not looking for comic relief here. I'm not looking for you to make these comments that are not funny. So just stop it. So I will stop it at this point. And I, I can't promise it won't happen again today, but I will stop it for now. And I'm going to give you a recommendation. A couple of them, in fact, today. And one is a book written by Jimmy Wayne. And he's a country music singer, but he's also uh, written a book that's called Walk to Beautiful about his walk across country to raise money and awareness for foster care in America. And it was something that he was a foster kid himself. And he said, I'm going to give back when I make it someday. And um, it's a great story, great book. I really enjoyed it. Um, And so that's one. And then the other is a book called Engine of Impact. Essentials of Strategic Leadership in the Nonprofit Sector by William F. Meehan and Kim Starkey-Jonker. I think I pronounced those correctly, but if I didn't, I apologize to the authors. But this book is fantastic, and as Steve goes around and helps churches and uh, and people understand how they can do this better, uh, 
you know, these authors wrote this book. It's actually really kind of expanding on Jim Collins, Good to Great in the Social Sectors, which is a phenomenal 35-page little booklet. This book takes all of those principles. Jim Collins actually wrote the forward to this book. So if that gives, that's not credibility boost, I don't know what is. But it's a fantastic book by these uh, folks who work at Stanford University. And I flew through this book. And it's something that I'm going to use as we're coaching organizations around the world on how to do this stuff better um, and how to really be healthy organizationally. Because if you're not healthy organizationally out there, folks, it's really hard to do work over the long haul really well. You might be able to do it well for a few years, but that organizational unhealth, um, is that right? Organizational unhealth. Anyway, not being healthy organizationally will catch up to you. And so I strongly recommend picking up that book. If you run a nonprofit, if you're involved with nonprofit work to pick up that book and really, you know, see how well you're stacking up to it. And, you know, if you need help with coaches, as we've talked about, or mentors to come alongside you, find them and get them to be able to help. So with that, I think we're going to wrap it up another another show here and uh you know as always i want to encourage you to take what you're learning take what you're reading take what you're watching um and really use it to help you understand how you can love orphan and vulnerable children better and better each and every day thanks a lot have a great week we hope you've enjoyed today's Think Orphan podcast. And for all the information in this week's podcast, please visit us at thinkorphan.com. You too can be part of the conversation. Send your questions to info at thinkorphan.com or join us on the Think Orphan Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again on the next edition of Think Orphan.